This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Department of Veterans Affairs says it's directing help to homeless veterans more quickly thanks to its Status, Query, and Response Exchange System, or SQUARES. The platform helps homeless service providers determine who's eligible for assistance. That process used to take weeks or months. Now it can take minutes. For more about the platform and how it fits into VA's IT strategy, Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco spoke with the Senior Director of the Digital Transformation Center at VA's Office of Information and Technology, Thomas Guido. Uh, the Status Query and Response Exchange system is a web-based cloud application that integrates with the authoritative internal VA systems for veteran identity and eligibility The key or most compelling characteristic of this application is that it puts that access or the access to that application in the hands of the service providers, our partners that are homeless shelters, food banks, um, so it's volunteers, state and local employees that can now actually directly access the system and check veteran eligibility or first identity, I should say, and eligibility for benefits. And that's one piece of it, but that's really critical in terms of what the service delivers, what the application delivers. So the application lets state and local officials and nonprofits determine eligibility and identity and then use that information to decide what services the veterans might receive. Is is that accurate? Oh, that's right. So previously, what would happen is they would have to do this or check for a veteran's identity and eligibility before they were able to deliver services. And it's not just about directly delivering services, it's also about referring for other services. So previously what would happen is the veteran would have to provide their proof of service, the DD-214 form. A homeless veteran would not always have that on them. This process could take up to two months to actually identify the veteran and check for their eligibility for different programs. So that's really the big change is this system now that can be done in minutes. It takes about 10 minutes to do this directly at the service provider's site, which is just a huge change. So that's really the biggest thing that's different about the previous approach versus what this system provides. It sounds like there's a pretty significant data component to this. What data systems are you pulling from and how did all of that come together? So there are multiple sources, right, within VA and combination of VA DOD that uh, provide this information. So essentially what the system does, it integrates with systems like the Master Veteran Index and the VA DOD Identity Repository and reconciles or aggregates those sources. And there's also eligibility rules built into the system where a lot of those that eligibility determination previously had to be conducted by a subject matter expert that is also built into the system. So yes, the combination of pulling in the appropriate data, you have multiple sources, the record is not available in one source, there's other sources that can be checked, and then find the eligibility rules. So there's, it's actually packaging that in a way that's most useful in a very streamlined, intuitive way for those providers and users. Can you walk me through some of those changes that it sounds like you made during the pandemic and then how Squares facilitated that? Certainly. And there are many releases in Squares over the its life cycle the past two years. Certainly there was economic 
and housing strain, right? Especially for vulnerable populations with the pandemic. So changes were made, updates were made, right? To support referrals to some of those additional services and programs, and also just identify where resources are available. So it's, it's right, it's bi-directional. This isn't just about checking identity and eligibility. It's about the referrals and also tailoring the services for the individual, for the veteran that needs them based on what their current situation is and the resources that are available. And then along the way, of course, there's just additional expansion of the program itself. The footprint has expanded to over double this past year from 1,000 users to over 2,100 now. That's a significant amount of growth. So that's a big piece of that. And then also the user interface itself, really there's been quite a few improvements there to continue to make that as intuitive and simple, fully mobile web application as possible, which is a big piece of it. It doesn't matter what device that particular organization is using. So those are important pieces. The other thing we're doing now near term is we are automating the process to onboard new users. So the organizations, the service providers can actually, through their identified administrator can, so to speak, uh, their super user, so to speak, can add those users for that particular organization on their own. And when you say users, are those the service providers? Are they VA users? Both populations are represented. There are VA homelessness program users that are using this application as well as those external service organization providers. But the bulk of those users are those external organizations. It's a ratio of 21, almost 2,200 users externally to just over 600 internally. So you can see that what that does to the workforce, if you will, by extending these capabilities directly into their hands. You all have released several new IT tools during the pandemic. How does Squares fit in and then play into your overall modernization strategy at this point? In terms of my lane and my perspective, right, in terms of the Digital Transformation Center, our modernization, our approach we're taking, I think there's a couple of things that stand out. One, speed is more critical than ever, right? So this approach, meaning using cloud application technologies to quickly deliver and modify, update applications is really important. I think another thing that stands out is a lot of times IT folks are disconnected from the front lines, right? And we watch television, we see frontline workers, first responders dealing with situations and the commitment and the courage and everything that goes into that. And I'm not suggesting that somehow we're, we're feeling that or living that, but I think it's our opportunity, our responsibility as IT professionals to own some of that responsibility or own that, that same responsibility because we're the ones that are enabling those first responders and frontline workers, right? We're putting the tools in their hands so they can more effectively deliver the services. So I think that's something we're trying to impart on the team, that same sense of commitment, the same sense of urgency. This isn't IT for IT sake, right? This is about the mission and getting this done. So I think those are elements that we're trying to bring to the forefront. And then just literally, I think the other thing that's really important is delivery is at the forefront. We, we really are trying to deliver these applications as fast as possible to meet the needs. We've delivered over 30 
COVID-19 specific, specific applications since the pandemic started, modified another 20 plus for COVID specific requirements. So we're really trying to be as responsive as we can. And I think what also stands out is a lot of times people talk about modernization and they picture this kind of wholesale replacement or replatforming of legacy applications. It's not really what it always is, right? I, I think what's important is sometimes it's a lightweight app that's connecting the dots, that's pulling pieces together, that's an engagement layer. And that's why Square is an important example, right? That data was there before those legacy systems were there, their authoritative sources were there. But look at the significant or the very meaningful change that that had on that program just by adding that app. So I think that's what we're trying to do is create those connections, fill in the gaps where apps add really the most value in those ways. Thomas Guido is Senior Director of the Digital Transformation Center in VA's Office of Information and Technology, speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader-follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader, all of these are backward-looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So, what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees. Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is Ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, and they brought that to the workplace and they inspired other and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. 
And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's, it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, my father was a civilian federal employee. Uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as, as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. Uh, led This is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling, uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And <clears throat> I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime and uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com slash vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.